Hello, and welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast, where we share tips, tricks, and hacks on how to practice gratitude daily. Whether you're a gratitude guru or you've lost your gratitude journal once again, we've got you covered. We share personal and authentic stories from our guests who are entrepreneurs, business professionals, parents, caregivers, and everyday human beings just like you and I. I'm your host, Julie Boyer, and I'm an intuitive business and health coach, and I'm here to inspire you to choose to wake up with gratitude every single day. Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast, and I have a very special treat for you today. I got the chance to interview a real pioneer in the health and wellness space. Have you ever used any of the Udo's Choice oils and products? Well, I had the chance to connect with Udo Erasmus on the podcast today, and wow, his story is just, in some ways, it's actually completely unbelievable that he's become the man that he is today. Having started at just a very young age, he was actually a refugee during the Second World War. So that for him, he says, gratitude has always been second nature to him, having started off his very young life as a refugee. In this podcast, it's going to be a two-parter, actually. So for the first time, I'm doing a two-part episode with one of my guests. We just had so many things to talk about that it made sense to split this into a second episode. So the first half, you're going to hear a lot about his background, his experience, how he started Udo's Oil. He's also going to talk about um, some of his experiences with microdosing, really learning and understanding um, this search for peace that he had having really grown up in a time of war, and also this seeking of stillness and presence. There's a lot to take in in this interview, and I encourage you to grab a notebook, take a few notes, and listen in as Udo Erasmus shares his story. Before we get into this episode of the podcast, I'd like to share a recent review that was posted by I Am The Real James Allen. Julie is incredibly knowledgeable about manifestation, gratitude, health, and business. She speaks with authenticity, passion, and is a great storyteller. Help Julie and this podcast out by leaving a review. Well, thank you so much, James, for encouraging people to leave a review of the podcast. I agree with James. If you want to help this podcast grow, leaving a review makes a big difference. It helps other people to more easily find it, and it helps them to know if this is the right podcast for them. All right, friends, let's get into this two-part episode with Udo Erasmus. Hello, and welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast. I'm your host, Julie Boyer, and today I have a very special guest that uh, the name might be familiar to you. So I'd like to welcome Udo Erasmus to the podcast. Good morning, friend. Good morning. I'm so happy that you're here. Now, for those who have not yet heard of Udo, he's actually a pioneer in the health and wellness space. 
He's an award-winning author of a book called Fats That Heal, Fats That Kill. In fact, this book has sold over 250,000 copies worldwide. He's the founder of Udo's Choice um, that is carried in whole foods and health food stores around the world. He has extensive education in biochemistry, genetics, biology, nutrition, and a master's in counseling psychology. And he's been traveling the world, well, maybe not last year, but traveling the world <laughs> to share his message on how to achieve perfect health. And I have to say, Udo, I actually was introduced to your products more than a decade ago. And I just remember it was like my first introduction to understanding what healthy fats were. So mm-hmm. I was really excited to have this opportunity to connect, to introduce you to our gratitude community, because I know that's one of your pillars of well-being. So as I always start with my podcast guests, I would love to hear a little bit about your story. Mm. Well, it's interesting. I, you know, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about gratitude. I think it's second nature to me because I was born in the Second World War. So I was less than three years old when we were refugees fleeing from the communists, chasing us in tanks and trucks out of Poland into Germany. And my parents had come from Latvia. They, I mean, they, their whole life was a mess. First World War, Bolshevik Revolution, Depression, Second World War. That was their life in Europe. So we were fleeing from the communists on dirt roads, in horse-drawn hay wagons, women with little children, men were all off in war, no military presence, and the allies, the good guys, right, were the good guys, the allies were using the refugees as target practice, shooting at us from planes, doing air artillery on those roads. And my mother uh, had six kids, six and under, and she eventually, the, the wagon broke down and she got off, the, started going through the fields, but she could only take two kids along. So four of us were left behind and I ended up in an orphanage for a while. And there's a lot. Anyway, it was a crazy time. I met, remember anxiety, fear. I was really, really shy when I was a kid. I spent a lot of time reading books because books were a safe world. You know, because you can read about a war, but <laughs> you don't get shot at out of a book, right? So, and so I was always trying to understand how things work because I didn't know what I could rely on. I didn't feel safe. I remember hunger. I remember anxiety, confusion. You know, one day you'd be told one thing. The next day you would be told another thing. You couldn't stop to eat because you were running from, I mean, it was really crazy. Not a place where I'd recommend people raise their children. So we eventually we got out. And because I never understood how things worked, I became very interested in how things work, which was why I ended up going into science to figure out how things work, then bioscience to figure out how creatures work, then psychology to figure out thinking works, then a year of medicine to try and figure out how health works. But it was only about disease. So I went back into biochemistry and genetics. And eventually, I never found at university what I was looking for. And I didn't know what I was looking for. But I kept on looking and eventually ended up with self-knowledge. Because what I really needed to know is how I work. And that took me till I was 30 to figure that out. (laughs) Right? Oh, my gosh. Uh, and I'm supposed to be smart. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I want to just pause for a moment there because you said something really wise. And I think people might not like pause for a moment. And you said like you were looking for all the knowledge. 
in the books, in the courses, in the classes at university, in all these places, you went to medical school, and then you went back and you realized it was knowledge of self. So what then? So now you realize you've got to look inside, learn and understand about you. Where does that path take you? Well, so how I got to that, I left university and it was the 60s. And I worked in a in a neurological research lab. And I was very interested. My interest in biology, brain, genetics, yeah. and natural history, right? The whole story, right? And in the neurological research lab, uh, I snitched. <laughs> I snitched six ampoules of Sandoz LSD. Oh, and I, I used just like 60 micrograms of it in a sugar cube. That's how we used to do that. And, and so I had, a, I had an LSD experience. And that experience blew open my very tight world. Wow. I laughed and laughed and laughed, rolling on the floor, crying, laughing so hard. I was crying, tears running down my cheeks, laughing to Mozart. You know, he goes da 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 da, and I go ha 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 ha, right? So laughing to Mozart, and the thing that struck me as so funny was that everything that I was so studiously looking for on the outside, and I was very studious, I realized was all the time already inside of me, and that just like blew my blew my world open. I was like, oh my god, the way we live is one of a thousand ways to live. Now I got to figure out which one of the thousand options I have that I want to actually pursue. And that took a while. And then I, 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 get, I did that for just for a short time, maybe a couple of years. I did some psychedelic trips. And then I started getting burned out. And I said, I'm, I'm not going to do any more. They're not addicting. So I said, I'm not going to do any more for two years to give my body a chance to recover because I only get one body. I, I should look after it. Mm -hmm. And before that time was up, I met a teenager who said, the peace you search for in the world is within you. And I can show you how to connect to that. And I was 30. This guy, this kid was 14. I said, yeah, what's a 14 year old going to teach me? I've been around, but I was interested in peace because I came out of the war. So I, I always had peace on my mind. I, I was in the peace movement until I found out it was a, an anti-war movement. <clears throat> and I, so I left because of that, because I wanted to know what peace is. I didn't, want to, I didn't want to have a war about war. I wanted peace. And so, uh, he, so I didn't think he could show me, but I said, well, I better check it out because just in case he can, I wouldn't want to miss it. If he can't, I'll just keep looking. And he showed me a way to bring my, you know, basically it's about you have to sit still. That was hard for me, but you have to sit still to take time for breakfast, take time for bathroom, take time for shower, take time for sitting still every day. Just become as still as you can be, as deep as you can go for as long as you can and breathe lightly and slow it down. And in the presence that you get into, into in, if you can bring your focus into the space your body occupies, 
Look around, listen in, look in, feel in. What is there in that space? Other than your liver and your kidneys, right? What is in that space? What do you experience in that space? And you discover that at the core of it is peace. And peace is the foundation of our existence, but also the existence of the universe. And when you feel that peace, you can sit like I'm in my room here and I can look around and I say, oh, my God, you know, peace has always been everywhere, even on the battlefield when they're when they're fighting and killing each other. They're doing that on a foundation of complete peace, but they're not focused on the peace. They're focused on an idea in their head. You're my enemy. I'm going to kill you. And the other person, you're my enemy. I'm going to kill you. And then they play this game that they've decided to focus on, you know, with reason and with, with support and with encouragement from other people and other cultures and countries. They play out this game on a battlefield where there's peace inside of them, around them, between them, above them, below them, peace everywhere, in perfect peace, they have a war. I love what you said there about um, anti-war versus peace. Yeah. And it's a topic that I don't know that is explored, open, is explored or shared often enough is really understanding mm-hmm. the difference. So I appreciate mm-hmm. that you brought that in. And I think when you talk about peace for me, you know, I think about what time of day is peaceful for me and that where I find the peace. And it's for me, it's at sunrise. You know, mm-hmm. I head to the beach in the morning and I just breathe and I ground myself and I'm by the ocean. I just listen to the waves. And it is that moment of peace. And I know we can find those moments throughout our day, but a lot of, you know, the ways that I recommend when we're looking at being grateful, it, it is, it's this finding peace. It's that moment of presence and of stillness and yeah. allowing that peace. So, um, so then let's uh, maybe fast forward a little bit to, so you, where did your interest in healthy fats come from? Cause you were really, so you grew up or, I mean, you were an adult in the era of fats are bad, no fats to get all the fats out. Let's put sugar in everything instead, which yeah, is yeah. where I, I grew up in that. I, yeah. I was a child and a teenager in that, but you, yeah. so you were exposed to this. How do you become like <clears throat> the opposite of everybody else? <laughs> well, that's not hard. <laughs> it's a rebel child in me. <laughs> no, but what what actually happened is I got married and and we had three kids and my marriage broke up and I was very very upset. And so I wanted to kill something. Seriously, I was that upset. And I got a full-time job as a pesticide sprayer. We'll be right back to the podcast after this quick word from our sponsor. As I'm recording this, I have finished 20 of the 30 days of this year's 30-day whole body detox. Now, you might have heard me talking about this before in an earlier episode as I was starting it. And I have to tell you that this program really is a total game changer. You know, last year I mentioned that we skipped the 30-day whole body detox because it was the beginning of the pandemic and it just didn't seem the right time to be making any really serious lifestyle changes. You know, I've been doing this every single year with the exception of last year since 2012. 
And every year I'm surprised at how incredibly amazing I feel once I've hit the halfway mark. The biggest thing for me is the excitement and motivation I have to build my business and to invest in myself. I don't really understand how taking nutritional supplements, changing the food that I'm eating, having more green juice, having less caffeine and no alcohol for 30 days affects my mood in such an incredible way, but I know that it does. Listen, if you're struggling right now, if you're finding it hard to get motivated, if you just feel like spring doesn't feel like spring, take a closer look at this program. Visit 30daywholebodydetox.com to learn all the details on how this works. We would love to have you join one of our groups starting in May. It's a fantastic program. You can start at any time. And the amazing thing is this program is a free gift with purchase of the USANA nutritional supplements that support healthy digestion and detoxification. Take a closer look at 30daywholebodydetox.com. Now that we've heard from our sponsor, let's get back into the episode. And I had gotten the license for it in a gardening job that I had. So I had the, I had the, the credentials for what that's worth. And so I went out and sprayed pesticides. I was really careless, did it for three years and got poisoned by the pesticides I sprayed. Predictable outcome, right? Went to the doctor, said, what do you have for pesticide poisoning? She said, nothing. That was it. That was very short consultation. Nothing. <laughs> and so then I went to Greenpeace. Yeah, I, then I went to the people who uh, qualified me, the BC government, that qualified me to spray them. And I asked them if I could come in and read some of the literature because they must have something on pesticides and pesticide poisoning because it happens. They wouldn't let me do that. They said they tried to convince me I had a flu because the symptoms in some ways are different. They were different. There, it was not a flu. I had I had nausea, dizziness. Uh, if I walked around a city block, I was 38 years old. If I walked around a city block, I had to rest like an 80 year old. Oh my gosh! And uh, and then my if I turned my head, it felt like my head turned, but my brain didn't. I mean, obviously that didn't happen, but that's what it felt like. And uh, so it was pretty strange. So then I went to Greenpeace, and at Greenpeace, I found a woman who had a stack of information about pesticides and and their their you know the side effects and all of that and and i realized that my health is my responsibility and i was never like a huge junk eater i we i grew up on the farm without electricity for part of my childhood we had a big garden we ate lots of vegetables we were not like steak every night and, uh, because we didn't have refrigeration so we could only right. We, we had a locker in town, which was 15 miles away. So that's our refrigerator was 15 miles from our house. <laughs> and so my father would go once a week and bring some meat home. And, uh, but, but I, it really hit me when I got poisoned that, oh my God, I really have to be responsible for it. The responsible part of it, that really hit me. And I knew from bio, biology that every year, 98% of the atoms in your body are removed and replaced. And so it, was, it, made, it, it made obvious sense that when something goes wrong with the body, what you need to do is you need to raise your standards for water, air, light, and food. 
So you raise the standard because if you do that, in one year, you will have rebuilt 98% of your body to a higher standard. That's called healing. That's why healing is possible because your body's always turning over. It's a, it's a major construction site, your body, always under construction. And so I started looking at that. And in the process, I got focused on fats because it was the craziest area. It was confusing. It was contradictory. And I was trying to make sense of it. And I needed real answers, not just fake answers, not just whitewash. And so the contradictions would drive me crazy. And I said, why is it? Why is it that they say omega-6 is essential and it gives you cancer and kills you? Yeah. It's like, what? Yeah, Omega 6. <laughs> yeah, some, some went wrong in there. I, yeah, yeah. There's and something. So, oh, and, okay. so, and so, in trying to resolve that contradiction, I started looking at how oils are made okay. and realized that the, they're the most sensitive of our nutrients. There are two that are essential, which means you can't make them, but you have to get them from, so you have to get them from outside. Yeah. If you don't get enough, your health goes down. If you don't get enough long enough, you die. If you bring them back before you die, all the problems that come from not getting enough are reversed because life knows how to make a body work as long as we take responsibility at our mouth to make sure that all of the essential building blocks we life needs to make that body land in our body. Yeah, so you said something, I was just to say, you said something really, again, something uh, that really shows how you are such a pioneer in this space. But you said, you know, my health is my responsibility. And these words, they seem so simple, mm-hmm. yet they are truly the foundation. As you said, you know, we have one body, one place to live, and there's only one person who decides what goes into our mouth right. and it's us. This right. is a lot of um, the work that I do as well as like helping yep. people to understand like, when you eat certain foods, you have certain reactions in your body and chemical yeah. reactions happen and you will feel yeah. good or you will feel a lack of energy. And a lot yeah. of that and oils and fats make such a health. They are, a, you know, there's no macronutrient that isn't an essential one, right? It's just about how you, how, which one do you choose? Like take having no fats in your diet is not, no, it, it, yeah, eventually, if you have no if you have no fat in your diet, you yeah. that will eventually kill you yeah. because you need to have omega three and omega six yeah. brought in because you can't make them in your no, body. You can't make it right, yeah. and and so so and then I started looking at at how oils are made <clears throat> and found out that they're the most sensitive of our nutrients. They need the most care. They're damaged by light, oxygen, and heat. We treat them with the least care. We throw them in the frying pan and turn them into smoke, right? There's research that shows that cooks who spend eight hours in front of the frying pan, unlike the rest of us who are spent two hours in front of the frying pan, cooks have four times more lung cancer than normal people because they're breathing in the damaged oil fumes and they do it for long periods of the day. So, we should be treating those the most care. We treat them with the least care. And I, given that I was sick, I said, you know, I can't get healthy on oils that are damaged this way. The industry, by the way, treats them with Drano, yeah. then with window washing acid, then bleaches them, that turns them rancid, then fries them, heats them to frying temperature to try to blow off, deodorize the, the, the bad smell from rancidity. 
And then you get an oil in a plastic bottle sitting on the shelf in, in clear plastic, light going to it, creating free radicals. And about, about 1% of the molecules are damaged. It's usually half to 1%. If it's 1% damaged in a tablespoon, you will get more than a million damaged molecules for every one of your body's 60 trillion cells. And we eat two to four tablespoons, so multiply that by two to four, and then probably times six when you put it in the frying pan. So we're getting millions of damaged molecules every day into every one of our body's 60 trillion cells. And after five or 10 or 15 or 20 or 30 years, we get sick because every one of those damaged molecules interferes with what is supposed to be going on in the body, takes up space in the body architecture and is not able to do what is supposed to happen in that space. And that's going to not, that's not going to make a difference. And I went, oh my God, I can't, I can't get healthy on oils like that. We should make them with health in mind. And I was just desperate enough and crazy enough to say, I'm going to do that. Wow. And so, and I figured out, okay, it's light oxygen heat. you got to protect them from. How do you make oils? How do you get oils out of a seed where they're protected by nature's packaging? Get them through the, the press, the filter, the settling, the bottling, nitrogen flushed, capped in glass because plastic leaches into oil yeah. and, and kept refrigerated. And, the, and so I said, let's give them the care they need so that they retain their health benefits. Every cell needs them. 99% of the population doesn't get enough for optimum health. And I was like, oh my God, if we could bring them back, make them with health in mind, we could help so many people. You know, omega-3 was just established as essential the year after I got poisoned, 1981. It really is amazing what you've done for this industry, right? You're truly a pioneer in this uh, cold press, like refrigerated oils. Like this was not, this didn't even exist. And now yeah. your brand is like, it's the leading brand. It really is where people know and trust. And I, it's yeah. interesting too. I hadn't, you know, before, I mean, I've been purchasing your product, but I just never really understood the story behind where that mm -hmm. research came from. And I think that's, it's to me, when a founder creates a product and a business out of a personal story, it's so much more powerful because you weren't just doing this because you're like, yeah, these oils are good. You were doing this for your own healing first. So I look at you today, for those that aren't watching the video, I mean, I hope you can pop over to YouTube and see the video. Udo is, how old, you said you're 78? I'll be 79 next month. I mean, he looks so healthy. It's really amazing. And I, what I love is like, aging doesn't have to be like, you know, turning, you don't have to look like you're almost 80 years old. I mean, you look so healthy. And I feel like um, you've come out with a more recent book. I know that your other book was, you know, your your huge <clears throat> worldwide bestseller, but you you launched a new book, Total Sexy Health, The Eight Key Parts Designed by Nature. So I want to hear about this from a man yep. who at almost 79 years old looks healthy <laughs> and happy and your skin looks great and all these things. Tell me about this, this uh, well, newer book. 
so how that how that happened is um, I'm not kind of finished with the fat oh, story yet, but yeah. but um, basically we I I got what got to me is that I realized oh my god if we could do this we could help so many people so we put the quality in at the front end and it wasn't about money I was not thinking about money I was just thinking about oh my god we could help so many people omega three is essential. And 99% of the population doesn't get enough. It's like we could help almost everybody. Yeah. And so we got into flax oil. That was the first oil we developed because it's rich in omega-3, but it's poor in omega-6. So it's a poorly balanced oil. Eventually made a blend because I became omega-3, uh, omega-6 deficient on flax oil. So I get dry eyes, skipped heartbeats, arthritis like pain in my finger joints and thin papery skin classical omega-6 deficiency symptoms. Okay. Fixed them by taking more omega-6 and then developed a blend that is ba balanced so that that doesn't happen because I'm trying to help people. Yeah. I can't help them if, if the oil can make them sick just because they use only that oil. And isn't it the case that a lot of people though, they're using oils that are really heavy in omega-6 and aren't and are the like oxidized oils and things like that. So they're not getting the right kind of omega-6, right? Like you Right. Yeah, which is why which is too. also why we made made the blend because people were saying, Oh, just take flax oil because you've got omega-6. Yeah, but the omega-6s are damaged. They're right. the ones that are giving you a million damaged molecules for every cell in your every one of your 60 trillion body cells, right? So I'm saying if you want to be healthy, you need to get off those oils and you need to replace them with omega-3s that are also made with health in mind. Yeah, that's and so you, smart. So you got to bring in the omega-3s yeah. and you've got to exchange the omega-6s. Okay. Right? Good. That's like the takeaway right there is bring yeah, in yeah. the omega-3s and, and that's And that's why the blend. That's why, that's yeah, why the blend, uh, the blend that, that I developed. Thanks for listening to part one of my interview with Udo Erasmus. Stay tuned for part two, which will drop on Thursday, May 20th. If you're listening to this podcast after that time, you can go right into part two immediately following this episode.